Showtime. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Holland, and welcome, welcome, one and all, to Night Fright. Tonight, a very, very special guest is joining us. Planet X. Planet X, folks. You've probably heard about Planet, Planet X before, but just let me read this from our guest tonight. Anne Eller is our guest. Let me read this, because this is really, really astounding stuff. I could feel the pulse of infinite energy. The pink light burned hot to a brilliant white light. An intense heat filled my body, and I got the sense of someone jamming a steel rod down the back of my head, down in my spine, and out of my tailbone. I felt pain. The white light, the fierce energy of it all, vibrating like an emotional sensation through my whole body. The energy course from the top of my head, down my spine, completely through me, and out of my leg. I began to cramp and willed myself to breathe, to breathe through the pain. I said to myself, it's okay, you can stand it, you can stand it. Whatever it is, it's good, it's happening to you, it's all good. Tonight, folks, Planet X... Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. This new book examines UFO activity, government's role, of course, as always, in the cover-up. Our guest tonight, Ann Eller, is joining us right now on Night Fright. Strap in and hang on. It's going to be a wild one. Here we go. There is a time to question. There is a time for answers. There is a time to challenge. There is a time to speculate. There is a time for change. There is a time for truth. The time is now. Welcome. Night Fright, your voice in the dark for Paranormal and Conspiracy Radio. And now your host, Brent Holland. And I want to welcome Ann Eller to the show. Ann Eller, folks, just to give you a bit of a background... Um, she has a fascinating new book out. It's called Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. Ann Eller recounts her astonishing experience with alien visitors and the messages she received from them in the hopes that, and we really need to hope on this, by sharing her story, she can appeal to readers to champion for full UFO disclosure from the U.S. government. Wouldn't that be sweet? I want to welcome Ann to the show for the very, very first time. Anne, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me, Brant. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Let's jump in right away, shall we? I had mentioned Planet X at the outset. For those of the folks that are unaware of Planet X, can we just give them a brief synopsis of what Planet X is? Yes. It's a rogue planet that comes through our solar system about every 3,600 years. It is in a long elliptical orbit, that, a sling orbit, that goes way out beyond our solar system and back through. Uh, 
um, happen to be living in the time that it is coming back through, and it's about to knock on our front door. Um, when the planet gets very close to the Earth, it is going to cause a lot of electromagnetic upheaval, and it will result in a lot of earthquakes, tsunamis, uh, volcanic eruptions, um, and then eventually a pole shift. So there are things we need to do, there are things we can do to prepare for this. Uh, it's coming very soon. We really are living in the end times. Uh, it may happen before 2012. So time is of the essence and we've got to get pumping. There are certain survival uh, basics. Uh, that we can do. Do you want to get into that right now, Brent? Absolutely. I just want to tell folks that are joining us right now, you're listening to Night Fright. Very easy way to get Anne's book. By the way, folks, our guest's name tonight is Anna Eller. Her book is called Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. Easy way to get it as always, www.nightfrightshow.com. Click on the book cover. As always, we'll take you right to a place where you can get it online from the comfort of your own home. Also, I want to mention, for those of you watching on the Internet, something new for you, Night Fright TV. Just click on the link right next to uh, Anne's, um, Anne's synopsis tonight. As always, that will take you right to a place also where you can watch this show from the comfort of your own, own home once again. Download it for free onto your iPod. And let's jump into those survival techniques right away. Now, you're the first person I've talked to that doesn't believe this may not be coinciding with 2012. Can you explain that to us? Well, nobody knows exactly when the planet is going to cause the pole shift. So it's somewhere around 2012. That's just sort of a marker date. I don't believe anything spectacular is going to happen on December 21st, 2012. This is just a marker. It could happen after 2012, or it could happen before. But the way things are going over in Indonesia, it's giving us a, a little bit of a clue that the big changes have already started. And then we don't know how much time it's going to be until the whole thing plays out. But from now until 2012, we're going to be in some pretty rough time. The survival basics, you know, if, if you could take a course in survival right now, disaster survival, if you could take a Red Cross course in first aid, uh, if you could take a CPR class, all of those things would be very helpful, very beneficial. One of the things that we need to do is move 100 miles inland from any large body of water. So 100 miles inland from the Atlantic, 100 miles inland, inland from the Pacific. Why? And Why is be, that, Ed? Because we're going to have tremendous tsunamis. And to be safe, you need it to be at least 100 miles inland. And you also need to be at a higher elevation at 1,000 feet. 1,000 feet above sea level. Yes, yes. Wow. When, a, when the, the pole shift is finished, the ocean will be about 675 feet higher than it is currently today. So you want to get above that. Folks, our guest today is Anne Eller. We're talking about her new book, Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. www.nightfrightshow.com. Click on the book cover. We'll take you right to a place online. We're talking about survival techniques for this upcoming cataclysm. Um, 
let's go back into that. What is going to be starting this cataclysm? And uh, obviously, it is going to be earthbound, temperature-based, and as well as weather-based. Well, you realize we're having a lot of wild weather now, and it's going to get worse. Um, we're all already seeing Indonesia start to sink, and that's happening because the Indo-Australian plate, tectonic plate, is tipping, and that is going to break off and cause Indonesia to go under the water. Then there's going to be a folding of the Pacific, and that's going to allow the South America to roll. At that time, there's going to be a tearing of the South Atlantic Rift, and that's allowing Africa to roll and the floor of the Mediterranean to drop. So when the South America rolls, the Caribbean is going to go down. And when Africa rolls, the Mediterranean is going under. Then there are going to be great quakes in Japan. And that's our clue. When those big uh, quakes start in Japan, the next thing to occur is the uh, New Madrid Fault which is that fault in the, in the United States that goes up the Mississippi River. Um, also, the St. Lawrence Seaway is going to be opening up, too. So you people up there in Canada near the Seaway need to get out of that area. Um, the Great Lakes are going to be draining down through the Mississippi, through that New Madrid fault. So it's going to be splitting the United States in half. After that, then California adjusts. And how much of California will go underwater, we're not quite sure at this point. But um, it's going to be terrific. Uh, when the North Atlantic Rift goes, then there's going to be a huge European tsunami. So Europe needs to get above the 1,000 feet. They really need to get up because this tsunami is going to come into Western uh, Europe, and it's going to devastate quite a few uh, places. This is all information that's been given to us by the Zetas, those from Zeta Reticuli, who are telling us exactly what's happening. And we need to pay attention to it. Um, so I would like to tell all of your listeners that the best thing they could do right now is go to Zetatalk.com and just start reading. It's an encyclopedia of truth. And there is a section in there called Safe Locations that they can read about where they, they live and what the problems are going to be in their area and where to go uh, if they need to get out of there. Now, Anne... <clears throat> How did you find out about this information? Did this information come to you in a dream? Did it come to you in some kind of prophecy? Were you abducted and the information was given to you? I've never been abducted. I have always gone willingly. I've been on the ships. I've been with the aliens. Uh, but it has always been uh, something that I have wanted to do. I was not a part of the hybrid breathing program, but I was very much aware of the program. Um, I do have prophetic dreams, and much of this has come to me in the dream state. There, there was one dream where I was on board an, a craft, and I was with a, a group of other people, and we had been rescued. Uh, we were like refugees, and we were watching on a monitor 
in the ship and we could see the earth on this monitor and we could see it spinning like like a marble in space and then all of a sudden it lurched and fell over on its side and the oceans just sloshed out into space and then back again across the planet and we, we were stunned we were absolutely stunned because we knew that that nobody could have survived such a thing this is this i believe was the full shift do you feel i'm going to call them aliens or the how did you call them the zeta Zeta reticuli. You can just call them the Zeta or the aliens. It doesn't matter. Or the ETs. Okay. Okay. The the, the Zetas. Um, <clears throat> when you were inside the ship, when they presented this information to you, did it just kind of download into your into your mind, or was there uh, some kind of visual effect to it, or something of that nature? It wasn't downloaded at, at that time. It was all visual on this monitor. But there was another time, another dream, when I did have a massive download. Um, that was, I was in a chair, like a dentist's chair, and there was a cap put on top of my head. And all of a sudden, I left my body and went flying out into space. And I saw the most beautiful sights in this outer space um, event that was occurring and I was actually shown in that dream heaven and there was an actual physical place in the universe called heaven and it was beautiful and all I could do I kept saying oh wow oh wow and I didn't want to come back I wanted to stay there forever but eventually came back and and as I came back there was this massive download of information to the point that I couldn't, I, I couldn't get up out of the chair and I couldn't walk. I had to be helped out and I had, was sort of being dragged along. My feet were sort of scuffing along the floor. And I said, I want to see the man in charge. And so they dragged me up the hallway to this double door. And then the next thing I knew, I was in like a recovery area in a bed. And there were other beds there, and there were other people there. Uh, and there was this um, sort of a very cold, um, unemotional female being there tending to the people in these beds. Uh, and that was, and all she said to me was, I don't know why they let you see the person in charge. And that was the end of that dream. So it was almost like you had a, um, a special status even among those that have been um, among amongst them before. Now, what surprises me is most abductees I've talked to, and I, I'm not going to use that word anymore, most people that have gone through an experience similar to yours have gone unwillingly, yet you say you went willingly. Do you think this has made a difference, perhaps, in your experience than the other people's because you did go willingly, and perhaps that gave you that special status? Well, I, I think I uh, called them. I think I asked for the experience because I believe that I am connected to them. Um, and this, a lot of this came out in my experience with the aliens that appeared to me in 1985. I felt that this sisterhood of aliens that I might have been a part of 
but having taken a physical body, I was now, you know, on the ground. I was the feet on the ground and the eyes and the ears, so to speak, uh, and, and was told that I had a definite mission. And that mission was to make people aware that the aliens are here, that they've always been here, that there's never been any jeopardy, that they are here in love and peace, and especially at this point in time to help us out. Uh, they're very worried about our nuclear uh, capabilities. And they, if they hadn't been here and hadn't shut down some of those silos, we would be cinder by now. And that would have affected the whole area around the planet into their neighborhoods, and they don't want that to occur. But they're also, um, they're also here on another mission. Uh, one of those missions is an, an upgrade of Homo sapien. Uh, they were here to do this hybrid breeding to upgrade humanity. Now, this happened about 300,000 years ago when the Anunnaki came and upgraded us at that time, um, genetically changed us and made us from the, the ape man who was here at that time, created Homo sapiens, and they made us a slave race uh, because they were mining for gold here on this planet, and it was hard work, wanted other people, other beings to do it. So that's when they created us. So they, the Anunnaki, actually were our gods. So that, that's the little G, not the big G. Um, the small gods in, in whose uh, image we were created. Uh, and the Anunnaki live on Nibiru, planet X. So they're coming back around again. But this time they're not allowed to come to the Earth. We're in quarantine. Because of our special spiritual opportunity at this point. We are being um, given the chance now to make a giant leap spiritually from the third dimension to the fourth and the fifth dimension. Um, and that's another reason why the aliens are here. They're, they're helping with this. They're helping to, to get us revved up and get us to the point where we can make that jump. It's going to be an exciting time. It's going to be a wonderful time for us. Um, I, I, I think third dimension is pretty much of a drag, and I'm ready to go. Uh, but so we've got Planet X coming, and it's going to going to just tear the Earth up because it's it's going to come close by, and we've got uh, this this change, and our physical body is changing too. It getting us ready to be able to survive in a higher frequency. So our carbon-based cells are actually being changed to a crystalline base at this point. So if, if your listeners have been feeling exhausted, tired, um, dizzy, whatnot, it's because of all these changes that are happening at this point. Um, so they're here for a lot of reasons. You know, they're watching the nuclear stuff. They're helping us progress. Um, they're, they're wonderful beings. They're loving beings. And nobody should be afraid of them. You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland.
Folks, you're listening to Night Fright. I'm your host, Brent Holland. Our guest tonight, Anne Eller. She's got a new book out called Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. And that's what we're talking about tonight, folks. Anne's telling us about these messages that she has received for the betterment of mankind. Where I want to go next, Anne, with you, uh, I just want to tell folks also, www.nightfrightshow.com. Click on the book cover. As always, we'll take you right to a place where you can order her book online. And you had mentioned hybrids before. Why did they want to start a new hybrid race? Again, was the thought as the Anunnaki, I know these are the Zetas, they're different species, was there a thought that they wanted another slave race or was there something that we weren't capable of doing that they wanted to make a hybrid race? What was the reason for it? Well, there were a couple of things. It's interesting. There were a couple of things that they were able to breed out of us for this new hybrid race. And one of them was blind rage. That that will not be in this hybrid race. Now, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. There will be no blind rage. They're trying to breed the war nature out of us uh, to be more loving beings, to be more sensitive. Um, their bodies are going to have less illness. They're going to be much more intelligent. Um, I have a picture of a young hybrid boy, and it's the, he's the sweetest looking thing. He reminds me of my grandson. He's got big blue eyes, and he's just got a little bit of fuzz on the top of his head. They don't have a lot of hair, this hybrid race, but um, they're just beautiful beings. And the other thing that they were that uh, Nancy Leader told us that they were able to breed out was intestinal gas. Now, isn't that a great thing? <laughs> <laughs> I can think of several people that will appreciate that, especially in my case right now. <laughs> well, they didn't see any purpose to having intestinal gas, so they were able to breathe that out, which is, is a pretty great thing, I think. Um, hey, listen, that takes all the romanticism out of pull my finger. Yeah, it certainly does, yeah. <laughs> I'm just fooling around. Now, Anna, I wanted to also ask you, um, getting back to the hybrids again, beautiful people and um, a new species, will they be coming with us or will they now become the new inhabitants of this planet? They will become the new inhabitants of the planet ah. when the planet reaches the fourth dimension. And that. That's going to take about a hundred years yet, but this, these are the beings that will be on the new earth. Now, we may take some of those bodies, you know, our souls may incarnate in some of those bodies, uh, but, you know, we may be somewhere else in the fourth dimension, too. It's funny, you know, because you had mentioned the Anunnaki uh, beforehand, and, um, of course, that makes me think of Zachariah Stitchin's uh, thesis and going back to the, the Torah, the, the Jewish Bible, the five books of Moses and the Old Testament for everybody. Do you feel that, you, you mentioned God, little g, before, and God, big g. Was there ever any mention of a fellow by the name of Jesus in, in any of this, or was, does that not even play into it? Yes. Uh, he, it does play into it. 
Ah. Jesus drives a spaceship. How do you think the Christians are going to take to that? Holy cow. He drives a spaceship. He drives a spaceship. It's called the Bethlehem. And his name is now Sananda. 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 Have you ever heard of Sananda? No, I haven't. I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners have. Um, but he's on that spaceship. And he very definitely was a space being when he came to the Earth as Jesus. He came from a spaceship. That was the star of Bethlehem. That was the spaceship. Um, and he went back to the star of Bethlehem, the spacecraft, when he, when I was, he died. I just want to ask you, was, uh, when he came to Earth, uh, legend has it, the story goes, that of course he was born of a virgin birth, uh, Mary to be specific, did he actually come that way, or is that a story that was given so we could understand, comprehend perhaps better um, his mission? Or was he indeed perhaps the first hybrid? Well, he came a, a very natural way. He came the way that all babies came in those days, uh, with a father and a mother. And... The story of Jesus is not accurate. We've been fed a lot of lies. Um, Jesus was married. He was married to Mary Magdalene. Mm. They had a, a, it was a certain bloodline. They had children, and that bloodline uh, has been followed to this day. Um, Most of the Bible um, is incorrect. And um, when, when we have open contact with the aliens, they're going to show us, they're going to teach us our real history and the real history of human-alien contact. Um, we've been treated like children. We, we have been in kindergarten for a long time, and now it's time to grow up. It's now time to know our real history. So we've got, we've got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. Folks, Ann Eller's our guest tonight. We're talking about her new book called Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. It's fascinating, fascinating subject matter. Um, what I like about the message, Anne, is it's very, very hopeful as opposed to um, sometimes I have folks on that talk about the reptilians, uh, invasive probing things of that nature without permission. Now, the aliens that you were with, did they resemble the greys, which is that, uh, folks, just to give you kind of an idea, the large eyes, uh, they're shorter, maybe four or five, four feet, uh, long extended arms. Did they resemble those type of uh, beings? No, not exactly. There, there was a little bit of the alien gray uh, look about them, but they were more, they were all female, and they were, yes, and they were very lovely, they were very beautiful beings, they had, um, each one of them had sort of a, some kind of an ornament on their head, Um, but the eyes were large, but they were very round. They were about three, oh, I'd say three times the size of our eyes. And the love that they emitted from these eyes was just incredible. Just radiated. Intelligent. 
It just radiated, yes. Um, there was just, there was nothing about them that proved that they were female. I didn't notice any breasts or I didn't notice anything else that uh, I would think of as female, but it was an essence uh, about them and this tremendous quality of love that they had. I likened it. There was a whole room of them, one after the other after the other came in, and um, I spoke to them. They spoke with me. There were, were two other people in the room, and um, it was just incredible. It was like if you were in a Catholic convent. Okay. This, this was like a sisterhood of nuns. That's how I would describe it. And then they said, we will now yield to a higher power. And in came this, oh, she was such an ancient being. Uh, wrinkles, wrinkles, wrinkles. You know, you know how E.T. looked with too much skin on, you know, his face and his neck? That's how she looked. Interesting. And when she came in, I didn't want her to leave. I wanted to stay with her forever. The, the feeling that was in that room when she was there was incredible. And uh, she was the one that told me what had happened to me out on the ranch when I was hit by that beam of light and I was thrown to the ground and my eyes were bleached white. And uh, it, it was a kundalini type of experience. Can you tell us that story? Because many of our listeners listening right now don't know that story. And Ella, sure. folks. Sure. Well, I had gone to Laramie, Wyoming, to a UFO conference at the university with Dr. Leo Sprinkle, and the conference was finished. But, but during the time I was there, people would go out to this ranch, which was right outside of town, and it would, had been owned by Pat McGuire, and it had quite a history. Um, Pat was looking for water and couldn't find water on his ranch anywhere. Used the dowsers, used all kinds of big companies he brought in. They couldn't find water. One day, a spacecraft landed on the ranch. The aliens got out, and they showed him exactly where to go to dig for water. So he did, and they've had water ever since on that land. But it seemed to be a portal for, for a spacecraft. It seemed, it seemed to be certain ley lines there. Um, and so when people would go out there, they would bring back these stories of aliens and spacecraft, and I thought, well, I've got to get out there. I, I just have to go see what's it all about. So these friends took me out the day after the conference, and we were walking the land when a whole herd of antelope just freaked and, and stampeded and the people I was with said that means that a ship has come in, an etheric ship has come in, and they picked up four ships that were in the area. I couldn't see anything. I wasn't picking up anything at that point. But all of a sudden, I closed my eyes and put my hands out in front of me, and I was hit by a beam of light right in the center of my forehead. I had my eyes closed, but all I could see was pink light. It was so strong, and it just coursed throughout my body, and it felt like somebody was jamming a steel rod down the back of my neck and out my tailbone. And then it turned to a white, white hot light 
throughout my body and the body began to cramp and I was I was shuddering and it was just tremendous. The pain was almost excruciating. And while this was happening, I felt as though I was being lifted off the ground. And I felt as though Doug and Connie were way far away. And two thoughts came to mind. One was, I'm going somewhere. And the second thought was, we're changing souls. The next thing I knew, I was on the ground, and the, the light had dissipated at that point. And Connie came running over to me and said, are you all right? And I said, well, I don't think I can get up. I, you know, I've got this horrible cramp in my leg. So when I looked up at her, she said, Doug, come here. Look at her eyes. And my very, very blue eyes were bleached perfectly white at that point. So I, I don't know. I've been somewhere between electrocution and kundalini and God knows where else in the cosmos, but it was quite an experience. Um, cattle mutilations. Do you, are they responsible for cattle mutilations? And the reason why I mention that is because you mentioned the, the fear in the antelope taking off. I, I, this is only uh, my belief. I believe that, yes, there are certain aliens that are involved in cattle mutilation, I think they're the aliens that are working in black projects with our government. I do not believe that any of the aliens that I was with or that I know about that are here have anything to do with it. Oh, can we go there about the black uh, the black projects with the government. Let me tell folks who we're speaking with first. Folks, of course, you're listening to Night Fright, www.nightfrightshow.com. As always, click on our books, on our the book cover of our guest tonight, which is Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. New book examines UFO activity, government's role in the cover-up. That's where we're going right now, as soon as I do this little promo thing. Our guest tonight is the wonderful Ann Eller. And... Um, Amongst other things, she's a wonderful grandmother. So her, uh, so there you go, folks. Anybody can have access to these types of things. Now, I also want to tell you that uh, there are other shows there in the archives. The most important thing there on the show are the archives. Uh, just click on that button. You're going to find shows there on Bigfoot. You're going to find shows there on UFOs. As I say, Stanton Friedman was on the show, as you all know, uh, a very famous man, uh, father of Roswell. He was there... Oh, three or four weeks ago, we've got some more shows coming up on the Kennedy assassination as we move closer to that fateful day, November 22nd. Um, as a matter of fact, we just did a show with Robert Groden. Robert Groden, of course, uh, for the fans of the of the JFK movie by Oliver Stone, uh, Robert Groden was the main consultant for that. Uh, Real Life History last year, we had first-person interviews with Dr. Robert McClelland. Dr. Robert McClelland, of course, was the person who worked on JFK three minutes after he was shot. And astoundingly, what he saw while working on Mr. Kennedy and what the autopsy photos show are completely different. That show is there in the archives. Pardon me, folks. Also, there's a wonderful show there 
A very, very, very uh, astounding show. Um, incredible, incredible research by a person by the name of Sherry Feaster. Sherry Feaster is a senior CSI crime scene investigator in Dallas, examined that Zapruder film, found a frontal shot. All kinds of great shows there, folks. Free for you to download. There's no charge for any of this. It's a volunteer gig for me. Uh, you're listening to Night Fright. I'm your host, Brent Holland, www.nightfrightshow.com. I want to run back to Anne and uh, Anne Eller, our guest tonight. Dragon in the Sky, of course. Prophecy from the Stars is the name of the book. Let's talk about the cover-up, shall we, Anne? Yes. The first thing I want to say is I love Stanton Friedman. Me too. He, he wrote a testimonial in my book. So, <clears throat> nice did you know he's Canadian, eh? <laughs> yes. You guys are good guys up there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you, you can't talk about the Black Projects without talking first about the fact that President Eisenhower met with the aliens back in 1954. Yeah, many now, people don't know that story. Could you tell it for us? Sure. Uh, let me just start back just a little bit. In 1947, uh, President, it was when Roswell happened, a crash UFO, and they had alien bodies, and they recovered them. And President Truman at that time formed Majestic 12, MJ-12, a group of very important, powerful men, uh, to find out just what the heck these aliens were here for, just what they wanted. So then along... An, just about that time, Dr. Hynek was then hired as the astrophysicist to um, be the scientific advisor for Project Blue Book, and that's who I worked for the last year of his life. So, 1954, President Eisenhower met with two groups of aliens. The first group were the tall, blonde, Nordic kind, and that was at Edwards Air Force Base. And what they, what they said was that they would help us with our spiritual advancement. They said they would not share their technology with us and that we had to dismantle our nuclear weapons because we were on a disaster course. Well, <laughs> President Eisenhower was a military strategist, and he didn't think that was such a good idea. He wasn't about to give up the nuclear warheads and so he said no thank you and he didn't think helping us with our spiritual advancement was all that great i guess so then he met the same year with the grays from zeta reticuli and that was at uh, holloman air force base they said that he entered a treaty with them and they agreed to share their technology with us but what they wanted in return was that the government would keep their presence here a secret. And they also wanted to do this hybrid breeding program. So they uh, wanted to abduct humans and do physical exams and so forth on them. And Eisenhower agreed. He said, but you can't harm them. And you have to return them to where you pick them up. And they can't remember what happened to them. And besides that, they were to furnish a list every month to MJ-12 of the people that they abducted. You know, this is crazy because all these 
abductees were wondering how the government knew that they had been abducted because many of them were being visited by the government, you know, right. and keep your, keep your mouth shut and so forth. Well, it was because they were giving them a list every month. So anyway, that was the agreement that he made. Now think about that. Um, this may play into the fact that we've not come forward yet telling people that the aliens are here. We promised way back in 54 we wouldn't tell people that they were here. Anyway, that agreement started 60 plus years of alien military government cooperation. That brought us Area 51 in New Mexico. It brought us Dulce in New, uh, or Nevada, and then Dulce in New Mexico. It brought Pine Gap in Australia and all kinds of other underground activities. Now, these, these are black projects. They have siphoned off our tax dollars to do these projects. They have gotten the top scientists. They have, they've been given carte blanche to develop all kinds of technology. And they've been doing this for nearly 70 years. You can imagine what they have been able to accomplish with with all the money they needed, deep, deep pockets, and all the top scientists, plus the alien technology. And I, and I want to tell you that, you know, Ben Rich was the CEO of Lockheed and Lockheed Stunk Works. Mm -hmm. And just before he died in 19, I think it was 1995, he came out with these statements. He said, anything you can imagine we have already done. We have already been to the stars. We have the capability of taking ET home. There are only two kinds of UFOs, the kinds we make and the kinds they make, meaning the aliens. That's explosive. Uh, it was incredible. Yeah. And it, 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 it's just, they. and who was the... Um, Oh, there was an engineer for Lockheed, um, Don Phillips. And he said, we have handheld scanners that can diagnose, treat, and cure any disease. And he set up, he set up a company to manufacture these scanners for our medical population. Have you heard anything about it? Not at all. Oh, we haven't heard anything about those scanners, have we? Well, that doesn't surprise us because, you know, we've had free energy for years and years and years, but that doesn't seem to be on the free market yet. But they have a cure for cancer. They've had a cure for cancer for so many years that we, and it's been kept from us. If, if anybody believes that the government is telling them the truth about anything, they're in for a rude awakening. And it doesn't matter whether it's Democrat or Republican. They are all puppets. They are not running the show. It's, it's the higher-ups behind them, that the people we don't see, the ones that we don't know about that are actually the power on this planet. Explosive show tonight, folks. Ann Eller's our guest. We're talking about her new book, which is called Dragon in the Sky, Prophecies from the Stars. 
And I want to ask you, does the Vatican know? Are they yes. privy? Oh, they do. They're, are they working in tandem also? The Vatican knows all about it, and they have come out. You know, the Vatican has their own observatory, and they have kept track of Planet X since, oh God, the first time we saw Planet X was 1983. 83, 27 years of cover-up on Planet X. Uh, they saw it without a telescope in 2003, but there was Father Balducci and I believe it was Father Funes, F-U-N-E-S, um, that have come out and said, oh, there's no conflict at all in believing in aliens, that they are our brothers, they are made by the same God that makes us, they have souls, there's no conflict with Catholic belief, and they have, they said they would even baptize them if requested. Wow. But definitely, definitely the Vatican is, is, they've been in on it from the beginning. Right in the very beginning. Do you think we'll finally get disclosure from them first? In a way, we've already kind of got it with those statements that have been made. Or do you think we'll get actual disclosure uh, does the UN, do all world governments know about it? For example, do the governments here in Canada, are they privy to it as well? Yes, they are. All, all of your major, all your major governments all over the world know about Planet X. And let me tell you, all of them have developed or built or dug their own underground safety places where they plan to go to hunker down when Planet X gets really close. The rest of us are left to be on the surface and defend for ourselves. And they, I just heard that um, uh, in Washington, the Homeland Security is taking all of the disaster uh, supplies now out of Washington, D.C., and parceling them around the country in 15 different uh, places. They're getting ready for it, but... They long ago got ready for themselves. There was a um, congressman in Norway that came out not long ago and said that his, his government, you know, they have the seed bank in Norway. So they're, they're saving seeds from everything underground. Why are they doing that? Because the place is going to be devastated. And they have built a huge underground um, area for one million of their people and they have designated who those one million will be the other million will be or it was two million i don't know i guess it was two million down below and two million up that weren't going to be allowed to go under did you see 2012 sure, the, movie? the movie sure mm -hmm. there was a lot of truth in that movie the only thing that was not true in that movie was they were trying to make you believe it was the sun, the neutrinos on the sun that were heating up the core of the earth. It's not the sun, it's planet X that is heating up the core of the earth. And it's planet X that's going to cause it, and it's going to be very much like the movie. And when it gets close... Our governments and the chosen ones are going to go to their bunkers or go to their spacecraft and leave the planet. They have that capability. And we're so, all... 
stuck here to survive by ourselves. Now, you know, there's many questions that comes up. Can we talk about the time frame? By the way, folks, you're listening to Night Fright. I'm your host, Brent Holland. Our guest tonight is blowing me away. If you're like me, I'm sitting here at the edge of my seat, absolutely astounded at this information. The book is called Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. Our guest tonight, Ann Eller. And can we talk about timeline, time frame? Now, at the outset of the show, we discussed 2012, as you know. And you were, as I said, you were the first person that said that there's no coincidence with 2012. And yet this sounds all like 2012 uh, prophecy. And um, along those, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, survival, if you will. Can this happen Overnight, for example, will this happen gradually? Uh, obviously, there must be telltale signs that we should look for. Yeah, there are telltale signs, and we will actually, if, if, if the people go to Zetatalk.com, she gives us those things to watch for. She tells us exactly what's going to happen in the last seven weeks. And they're going to be, there's going to be three days of darkness, um, there's going to be this severe wobble that the earth is going to go through. Um, if you wait just a second, I've got something here. It's, um, it starts with nine days of the severe wobble, and then it goes to four and a half days of, of the lean to the left. The planet is going to lean to the left. Then two days of progression towards the three days of darkness. Then three days of darkness. Then six days of sunrise west. The sun is going to come up in the west. That's how much our planet is going to be gyrating around. And then it's going to be 18 days of slowing rotation. The planet is going to slowly stop. And then uh, it's six days of rotation stoppage. And then the planet falls over on its side. And that's when the shift happens. The, the uh, magnetic or the pole shift happens at that time. So that takes up the last seven weeks. So you're going to know when you're in the last seven weeks. But before that, the beginning has happened. This Indo-Australian plate that is crunching and pushing and breaking in Indonesia is causing all those volcanoes to go off in Indonesia. And it's going to cause those islands to sink. Um, in fact, the Zetas have told us that every volcano that has gone off in the last 10,000 years will go off at some point. I was wondering, can you, if I Please. put a picture, if I put a picture up here, can you see it? Absolutely. Hold on. Okay, folks, our, our guest today, Ann Eller, she's, uh, we're doing this via Skype, as you can tell, just in the corner here, as I point upwards, um, you can see her face, and she's going to be putting a picture up. Okay, Ann, we see it, it looks like a sunset. Um, can, you, can you see two suns? There are two pictures there. Yes, ma'am. Can you see two suns in each picture? Yes, ma'am. Yes, well, you are taking a look at Planet X. Oh, They're my take- God. And, and I'll show you this one, too. I don't know if you can see this one. Can you see this? Let's see here. Can yep. you see where the arrow Can you see that? Yes, ma'am. 
Okay, you're looking at Planet X. They can see it now at sunrise and sunset. It is eventually going to get to the point where it's going to look to us as big as a full moon. But right now, it's a second sun rising and a second sun setting. So if you can get high enough uh, and, and look down on the horizon as it comes up, as it first comes up, <coughs> you'll see it. You can take pictures of it. Once it gets up above the horizon, it gets lost in the glare of the sun. <coughs> That's okay. Now, I'd like to ask you, obviously planet X is going to affect all the gravitational pull of the planet, as well as the gravitational pull of the rest of the solar system. Will we be able to tell, once it's entered our solar system, um, by what happens to the other planets at the outset of the solar system. That's already happened. Oh and we, It's already happened, and we have seen it. We have seen you know, all the big planets, uh, outer planets, we have seen their orbits be disturbed. But it's going to come very close to the Earth. Uh, it's only going to be about 14 million miles from the Earth when it passes. Now, that may sound like a lot to some people, but not in cosmic terms. It's also bringing this huge tail along with it, and the tail is full of moons and boulders and all kinds of debris, and the tail walks a good five million miles away from the planet. So as, as it walks towards us, we're going to get more fireballs, which we have already seen, a big uptick in fireballs. Uh, boulders are falling. We have meteorites that are screaming through the sky now. This thing is on our doorstep. That's why I say it may happen before 2012. It's not too early to start planning for survival. And how are you planning for survival? Are you staying put? Are you leaving? Um, you know, um, we had some guests on before. We were talking about 2012. And they have bought a parcel of land in Spain at the top of a mountain. They claim that that will be the only survivable spot when all this cataclysm takes place. Are you doing somewhat the same thing? No, I'm not. I'm 74 years old. Get out. I'm looking at you right now. There's no way. Yeah, I'm a grandmother. <laughs> but anyway, I have lived a good long life. I've had lots of wonderful experiences. And I am ready to cash out. I am ready to go to the next dimension. Uh, I'm not particularly doing anything for survival. I do live in Sedona, Arizona, and I do believe that we are fairly safe here for a while, for a time. But at some point, most of Arizona is going to be underwater also. Um, but, you know, I just... I do not want to live life in a cave. I'm used to my creature comforts, and it's going to go back to that. There are going to be survivors. Um, the Zetas don't believe there will be many survivors. They say 10%. Um, so if you decide to survive, there's a couple things you need to do. You need to get right with your own God first. You need to get yourself centered. Everyone has 
spiritual guides surrounding them who are pledged to help us through this period of time. So if you get quiet, if you get centered, and then you follow your gut level feeling, that that will lead you to, they will be telling you through your gut feeling where to go, what to do, and when to do it. So you need to start focusing in and listening now. Um, I want everybody to know that I am, I'm not a fear monger at all. Um, there is no death. There absolutely is no death. Life goes on. You simply change form. So you drop your overcoat, you drop your physical body, and you are then in another dimension, living a life. And then you start planning for your next incarnation. Maybe in the fourth dimension, maybe in the fifth dimension, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to experience. It's, it's a wonderful life we have. It's continuous. We're going to have to start to wrap up now, and I just want to tell folks who we've been speaking with. Folks, of course you're listening to Night Fright, www.nightfrightshow.com, www.nightfrightshow.com. If you're listening on the radio, go to the website I just mentioned. There you can click on something called Night Fright TV. And that'll download the video for this show so you can watch it. And it's much worth it. I don't believe you're 74, Ann. I'm looking at you right now. And you look like you're far, far younger in years. Somebody's lied to you. Check out your birth uh, certificate. Maybe it's all the time I spend on the ships. Maybe they've been giving me some. Maybe. Folks, you can get her book by clicking on the book cover at the website as well. The book is called Dragon in the Sky, Prophecy from the Stars. I want to thank you so much. This has been an electric show and one of great value for our listeners. I want to thank you so much, Anne, sincerely, for coming on the show tonight. Brent, it's been a delight. Thank you so much for being so understanding. Thank you so much, and all the very best to you, always. Bye-bye. Bye, you take care. Folks, I'm Brent Holland from Night Fright. Thank you all for joining us. See you next time. You're listening to Night Fright and your host, Brent Holland. Time is now. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio.